Good morning. Today we're continuing our series focusing on the different revivals that have taken place around the world. And today we're travelling east to the country of Korea, and particularly the city of Pyongyang, which is now in North Korea. I don't know what comes to mind when you hear the words North Korea. Perhaps you think of a strict regime, one of the nations in the world most hostile to Christians and close to outsiders. The revival there took place at the beginning of the 20th century, when Korea was still one united country. And as I tell the story, I hope you will once again see now some familiar themes emerging. Common to revivals everywhere, such as a deep concern and hunger for God to move in a nation. Persistent prayer. Repentance. Unity. And people coming to faith in such numbers that a nation is changed. Until the middle of the 19th century, Korea was known as the Hermit Kingdom, closed to foreigners, and Christianity was largely an unknown religion. The missionary movement that flowed out of the American Great Awakening and the Evangelical and Welsh revivals saw the gospel come to Korea for the first time. One of the Protestant missionaries was from Wales, and he was actually martyred in Pyongyang in 1866. Eighteen years later, the Korean church was founded in 1885, and the following year the first Korean was baptised, and by the end of 1887 there had been just seven converts. By 1903 there had been very slow progress of the gospel, in the, in the nation of Korea, despite the best efforts of the Western missionaries. So they decided to pray. And one of them, Dr. Hardy, was preparing the message. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him through the words of John 14. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father, and so I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. As Hardy read on, he saw that it is through obedience to Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit that this would become possible. As he spoke to the meeting, he broke down, confessing the lack of power he had seen in his ministry the racial prejudice he had harboured, and his need for the, ho uh, for the Holy Spirit. And he and the whole meal meeting was filled with the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And over the next year, 10,000 Koreans became believers in Jesus, and by 1906, there were 30,000 believers in Pyongyang alone. However, this period was one of political upheaval in the land of Korea, as they were caught up in the middle of the Russian-Japan War. As the war ended in 1906, the Japanese remained control in Korea, and so the people came under their brutal regime. Pyongyang itself in 1906 was a dark place, known for its wine, women and song, perhaps rather different from today and even hosted a training school for geisha girls. 
At that time, there was a rise in Korean patriotism against the Japanese rulers. And within the church, there was a growing distrust of the American missionaries, who the Korean Christians saw as egotistic and corrupt. By August of 1906, the Pyongyang missionaries, including one William Blair, met for a week of Bible study and prayer. They invited Dr. Hardy to lead them. He, whose public confession of repentance was the beginning of that first Korean revival in 1903, and before the meeting had ended, the Spirit had shown those present that the way of victory was to be one of confession of broken hearts and bitter tears. And so they decided to pray for a great blessing, a revival amongst their Korean brothers, and especially amongst the Pyongyang Bible study class for men, which would take place in the January of 1907. Jonathan Goforth, a Chinese missionary, wrote that because of this, more than 20 missionaries from Pyongyang Presbyterian and Methodist missions resolved to meet together to pray for daily for greater blessings. And particularly over the Christmas period of 1906, the Pyongyang Christians, instead of their usual social celebrations, met each evening for prayer. Beginning of January, over 1,500 Korean men gathered for the two-week Bible study class. And it was ten days into the class when William Blair spoke from 1 Corinthians 12:27 about how the whole body of Christ are members of one another. And after the sermon, many testified to a new realisation of what sin was. The next night was Sunday and there was a lot of spiritual opposition and the atmosphere was very dry. It seemed as though the devil was winning and so the missionaries kept praying. By Monday night, everyone felt the presence of God as they entered the church, which was beyond description. So many began praying that they were encouraged to all pray at once. The effect, wrote Blair, was indescribable, not confusion, but a vast harmony of sound and spirit. And the sound sounded to me like the falling of many waters, an ocean of prayer beating against God's throne. That prayer continued as one after another they confessed their sin before God and each other, including their deep hatred for the Japanese. Tuesday night and the final night of the classes, God dealt with the conflict between the leaders, American and Korean, as they confessed and repented and gave and received forgiveness of one another. Those who had been attending the conference returned to their churches, carrying with them the spirit of prayer, and it impacted the churches and nation with revival. Conviction of sin, confession, repentance and restitution became the common theme of this revival. And within three years, a quarter of a million Koreans had become Christians. And the similarity to Pentecost meant that Pyongyang became known as the Jerusalem of the East. And the revival transformed Christianity from a foreign faith to a national religion.
Sadly, the events that led to the partition of Korea have led the North to once again be closed to Christianity. But today, the largest churches in the world are found in Seoul in the South. And Koreans have sent over 10,000 missionaries to other countries. And the Korean church has become a role model for believers around the world, known for its study of scripture, dawn prayer meetings and collective audible prayer. Revival changed the nation. And if we want to see our nation change, then we need revival. We need to confess that our best efforts have not won the nation for Christ or changed the religious or moral landscape of our land. Perhaps we need to repent of our racial prejudices and pride and unite in prayer so that we, the people of God, humble ourselves and pray that God might hear from heaven and have mercy and heal our land. So today let's remember those words of John's Gospel that spoke so powerfully to Robert Hardy all those years ago. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Amen.